theme song for the Gear Podcaster. Welcome. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Uncle Leon. Cheers, Troy. Good to be here, mate. Thank you to everybody again for tuning in and supporting the podcast. How you been, mate? Oh, you know, you you know how I'm how I've been. I'm sick as a dog, sick as a cat. So you went, you got the Kalgoorlie curse, did you, mate? I sure did, mate. I was away playing some music over the weekend, um, and it was fun. It's always fun, but I got the the dreaded lurgy. So it's not COVID, according to the six tests I've done. Um, I think I'm but- just. You know, we'll see. We'll see what it is. But more importantly, Uncle Leon, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Uh, how's that, mate? 35 years young. Yeah, you know, what can I say? Uh, another another year, another year of lessons learned and wisdom gained and not implemented in my life. Lessons, lessons taught. Having a good time. Uh, ate heaps of curry on my birthday and uh, ate some cake and, you know, it was almost perfect, mate. Just needed you there. Oh. What can you do when you crook? That's right, mate. It was probably best I stayed away. I was very much on the fence of like, wait, do I have COVID right now or do I not have COVID? So, again, I, th- I, I mean, you think- did the responsible thing, whether you do or not. If you're feeling a bit sick. I think it's, um, yeah, for the most part, man, like up until, well, yeah, 2020, if I was sick, and I had to do some work, I'd just do the work. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of power, power through it. But um, yeah, I'm sort of more, maybe it's an, an age thing. I'm just happy to sit at home and uh, get myself feeling a bit better before I go and um, yeah, get everybody else sick. It's weird yeah. that that never was a concern until now, but it's sort of like, ah, uh, you know, I got, when I, I found out that, uh, you know, one of the guys I was traveling with on the weekend, he got COVID. So shout out Jay, because I think you might be listening to this. Um, Made sure I went and tested and I wore a mask for the rest of the day. But um, Jay, I hope you're feeling better, man. And um, yeah, no matter what, it sucks. You know, it's uh, it's been about a year since I had it, and that was just you know. I know some people who were like, "Oh, it was fuck all, bro." But I'd rather not get it. You yeah, know, that's kind of the position I'm in. It's like you know, a much whether it's that or the flu or you know, it's all going around, man. I saw a sore knee or anything like that. You're much. You're much better off without it. Yeah, mate. I've I've really worried when I get a sore knee about giving that to my friends and family. Yep. You know they call the, it the other nick nat. They call it the nick nat. <laughs> oh, grim. I don't mean that. Um, uh, I was going to say about the West Coast Eagles and their performance. I was going to say, mate, because that's that uh, could almost be a birthday surprise for you. They're playing Collingwood this week, so wouldn't that be sweet? Get Dommy Sheen, 150th, come back to haunt the pies. I wonder if they'll just. Just put him in the forward line. Just just get him into that boundary. Just get just getting dobbing big ones from from uh, the boundary. I was um I was listening to I think it was like the Eagles podcast actually. I was listening to it yesterday, and I didn't really realize this, but yeah, that was that is is rated the best game of all time. That twenty eighteen grand final and the best moment of the best game. Yeah, so, I mean it was a great grand final, man. Like I remember everyone being like, "Gee, this is a this is a good game," but a lot of people were like. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, that was, that's like the one. So if, you, if you're not sure about this, you can just go look at the AFL Grand Final, the 2018 AFL Grand Final, and just go watch the highlights or go watch the moment, the last like five minutes or, so, or two minutes of the game. It'll be online. And it is, uh, yeah, the, the, probably the greatest thing to happen in Australian sports. Unless you're a Collingwood fan, in which case it's still the greatest moment to ever happen in Australian sports. <laughs> yeah. Mate, and your opinion I- doesn't matter. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, shout out to all the Collingwood fans listening as well. You know, we we still love you. They're actually a very likable team this year. Oh, it sucks too, doesn't it? I've oh, spent my whole life know, hating Collingwood, but yeah, I kind of don't don't hate him this year. Bit of, bit of Darcy Moore. He seems like a pretty good guy. He's like one of those guys, you know, sometimes you listen to a band and you're like, I don't like this band. But then you watch an interview with like the guitar player and you're like, man, this guy is sick. Why is he in that band? Yeah. I actually like Josh Dacos a lot as well. Yeah. Like Nick Dacos is pretty good, but- yeah, I think Josh is pretty underrated. Neo, that's yeah. Nick Dacos. Imagine Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, imagine being the older brother and just just forgotten about in the the greater, you know, uh, yeah, just the, the greater Australian public because you, the younger uh, brother is so good. Who's older, Eddie Van Halen or Alex Van Halen? I'm pretty sure Eddie's the older brother. Hang on, should I look right. it up? Hang on, I'll, let's, I'm going to look this up right now. We are a podcast which is committed to facts, ladies and gentlemen. So we are going to fact check this one and then we're going to move Surely it's- along. Oh, something uh, totally unrelated. But um, my mate Jimmy, who may be listening to the podcast, got me some of these Dunlop flow picks. Oh, yeah. They're pretty good. You know, I don't really care about oh, I think- trying, trying new picks. But I've been, I was like, look, someone got me a gift. I'm going to try out some picks and uh, they're Pretty good. If anyone's using the flows, uh, let us know in the comments section below. Uh, unless you're listening on Spotify, there's not a comment section. Write to us on Instagram. How is the uh, fact checking going right there, Troy? Oh, I take it back. Alex is the older brother by two years. I knew they were two well, years apart. There you go. Uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Just like uh, it was actually, it was um, Alex's uh, 70th birthday a matter of uh, like weeks ago, three weeks ago. That's awesome. So, yeah, you know, everyone forgets. I don't think drummers forget how great Alex Van Halen is, but um, guitar players certainly do uh, yep. because why would they care about drummers? But, you know, they were a bit of a they were a bit of a package deal, those two. Like the way, you know, the way they played together was very important. And Alex Van Halen is one of my favorite drummers to watch because, mm. you know, he's got the head bob thing going on and he's just, he's just like – it's sort of like one of those things you see Eddie like always smiling mm-hmm. and then it's just Alex at the back just working hard. You know, he's making sure the guys up the front are having a good time. So yeah. Alex Van Halen, second favorite Van Halen brother, just like you, mate, Indonesia's second favorite guitar player. That's like Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a quarter Indo, uh, the Van Halen boys. A quarter? Mate? No, half. Half. Oh, no, a quarter. I can't remember. It's, um, but they've got some Indo in them, but they're Javanese, I believe. Right, and, so the, uh, old, the old Java-Sumatra rivalry there, mate. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. If, um, anyone, if anyone is listening from Indonesia, our great neighbor to the north, mm-hmm. uh, thanks for tuning in. We yep. appreciate it. And there's a, there's a lot of great musicians in Indonesia. Um, it is one of those, it's one of those places, Troy. Yep. People have it in their soul. Yeah, I mean, I'll, tell, I'll tell this little story I've told a, uh, a bunch of people in the past, but... Um, you know, always, firstly, I used to go to Bali a lot when I was a kid. I hadn't been there in years and years and went up in like 2016 and so 2017. your dad is Sumatran, but he was Correct. working in Bali for a long time? Yeah, yeah, I worked in Bali. And then um, he and my, oh, they, my mum met him up there and then they moved over here and that's I was born here. Um, but anyway, I hadn't been to Indo for years. I hadn't been to Bali for a long time and um, went up end of 2016 and the start of 2017. And I would like to go back. Even though you've said you've been Bali, pff, mate, you'd have a fat time. You'd have a great I time in Bali. Time. Um, but um, both times I went up, I was trying to find some other Batak musicians just because, and that's what my dad was. And um, 
both times I managed to find them, they looked like me in the sense of long hair. Uh, they wore more spandex than I did and tight pants, but maybe about the same level of tight pants. But it was like the most rock and roll people I'd seen, you know, anywhere in the world, this side of like 1980 Sunset Strip, you know what I mean? Um, and I remember I when I was staying uh, in 2017, I, I went for a walk one night and I was like, oh, I just want to maybe find some music or something and have a drink. And I was like walking down the street and I was like, oh, there's some acoustic joys over there. And, you know, I'll just keep walking. And then I sort of hear in the distance, like, man, is that don't stop believing? That sounds pretty good. And I keep walking up, walking up. And yeah, there's a band in there. I said, headbands, long hair, tight pants. And uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. You were the age of 18 when I met you. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy was singing like Steve Perry. He had it nailed. It was awesome. So I went, went in and, you know, watched the band and everything. And they were really good. And they were playing basically just like 80s rock stuff. And, um, you know, I said, oh, you know, if you got any requests, yell them out. I said, play some extreme. I'm like, oh, that's a bit hard. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Anyway, they were wicked. They, they kicked ass. And I had a chat to the singer after the gig. And, um, yeah, he was like, oh, you know, we're just here f- uh, for a little while. We come from Sumatra. And I said, oh, no way. Are you Buttock? Because I said, that's what my dad was. And he goes, um, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, me too. And he looked at me like I was crazy because he's like a six foot one white man. I said, no, no, my, my dad, I'm a Nababan. You know, that's my, my surname. And he goes, you're a Nababan. I'm Sihombing. We're cousins. It's <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs> so I don't know how true that was, but um, yeah, he was a, he's a cool guy. I think I've still got him on Facebook, actually. Igor was his name. Um, and uh yeah, it was uh, it was funny, man. But I said all the buttocks. They maybe it's just in my, it was in my blood to only like eighties rock and eighties metal. There you go, mate. Musical determinism at its core. Yeah, but just I want to go on. Just like for me, being you know, my mum's side of the family being Irish Catholics and my dad's side of the family being you know Yugoslavs. It's like you just got to listen to the saddest music of all time. <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, anything tragic is that's what you want, mate. That's what you got to do. Uh, Hey, can On we that um, genealogical detour? I yep. think you had something you wanted to chat about. Well, actually, yeah. Let's um, we'll do two things. Firstly, um, the our episode about V30s came out. And awesome that, episode. That was really fun. Um, the other, not not that one, but the other John Brown is who we had on. And uh, he was a great guest. So shout out to him if he's listening to this. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. Like I went and immediately watched his video. By immediately, I mean a day later. I watched his video about the thirties, and it was very enlightening. Um, I think his tests were fantastic. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty I was pretty impressed with it. Um, I, I don't really have too much more to say, to be honest. I just really enjoyed the conversation. What do you think afterwards? Yeah, I, I actually went back and rewatched the video, and I listened to all the clips again. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, surprise, surprise, Troy. Really liked the ones that most people seem to like. The smoother sounding, like early two thousands, and the like, the original one. And it was, it was, it was cool. It yeah. was really, really cool to to do that. And um, he should probably like sell those IRs and you know make some money for his time because there's a lot of good work put in there. I saw he put up another video yesterday as well with the exotic V thirties he was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I started to watch it, but I ran out of time, unfortunately, last night. But um, yeah, that looks. I mean, he was he was talking to us about that uh, last week, so it'd be cool to to go and check all that out. Um, I'm very happy to have um, 
like that good era of V30. I feel like pretty, pretty stoked to have that. Um, but I actually just spent um, a weekend playing in Kalgoorlie with, you know, the orange V30 cab. Yep. And let me tell you something, man, that thing sounds pretty, pretty good. That's um, cool. That's so I think it might be more of a case of like, I'm back on V30s a little bit. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's taken some time. But, some returns. Yeah, I think maybe having that conversation last week and then, um, yeah, now having spent some time on it. Like, I've got a session this weekend. I might um, I might fire up the 4x12 again and um, yeah. and do some stuff. I've been a bit more just leaning on greenbacks and creambacks and stuff, but there is a thing with the V30s that does make me very, very happy. There's just a few amps, you know. I think it's that Splawn thing, man. I keep coming back to that, like... That, I have these um, eye-opening experiences. That was one where it's like, man, that amp sounds so bad with vintage 30s, like so unusable that there's probably other situations whereby speaker and amplifiers to, like using the wrong combination is is wrong and I need to work out what they are and really, you know, study it a little bit. Um, but what I did appreciate about like John's video and, and, and talking to him as well, it's like there's differences, but like, fucking who cares that was that's really what i took away from it like it doesn't really matter that much um they they all kind of still sound like a v30 they're ballpark yeah yeah you know, some were more preferable with that miking setup yeah and that rest of chain you know yeah. it was interesting i always find it interesting to isolate those things but i i did have a um like i, I thought what he did uh isolating the bands down so he could listen to like, you know, the mid-range by itself and the lows and the high end and just to really, like, I thought that was really, really clever. And yeah, it, it really doesn't seem like m there's much different, like, until you get to about that 5K range and then it's sort of, you know, obviously it changed a little bit. But one of the earlier tests he had in the um, in the video, I don't remember which which um, error it was, it was testing, but like there was a really massive cut at I think it was like 6k or six and a half K or something like that. Whereas like some of the other speakers were, was kind of, were kind of flat. And then the specific one, I remember like there was a massive dip, which kind of looked like it was, it's kind of weird because like, it looks like real comb filtering to me or like a real cut, like a, it's a savage cut. It kind of looked in the low frequencies. Yeah. You would think of it as being comb filtering and it could be quite easily, uh, attributed to like dimensions of a space or something like that. Yeah, right. But yeah, in the high end, like when you start to get so many more cycles per second or hertz or whatever, um, it, the the adding in cancellation of frequencies is just a lot less predictable because it's just so many thousand per sec uh, per second, you know. So I was trying to like really. I hadn't thought about it that much, but it, it it was a thing of like, man, I wonder if there's just like one component in this that is contributing to the, I don't know, like the reflections or something or. There's something that is probably testable about it, right? I think so. I like, it feels like it, it could be, but I'm, I don't think I'm smart enough to really um, be that person to come up with the thing. You know what I mean? But I'm going to, I'm going to keep uh, uh, ruminating. Is that the right word? Or uh, no, ruminating is the wrong word. Going to keep uh, marinating. Th marinating. <laughs> Actually, that's the other one I wanted to think uh, say, but I couldn't think of. Um, one thing I did notice. So, um, it, and this wasn't really testable in in his video the way he did it, but um, 
so I I use the synergy again all weekend because you know so, I'm a big man with the synergy. The fry it, it's just yeah, it's it's just is it's so comfortable to play. And also again using the XLR output for in ears sounds awesome. Super happy with that. Very very happy with that. Um, and Scott, who shout out Scott if you're listening to this one as well, um, he was running the Cornford uh, into an oh, awesome. or- orange one by twelve with a V30 in it. And that tone was also really awesome. I love the way he dials in an amp um, for like for his sound. It's like it's really really hip. Still playing music, man. Yeah, uh, what was he? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> they have they have a very particular mid range response, which is quite nice. I hope no one saw that, but I just like literally coughed up a whole bunch of phlegm and spat it into a nap, a, um, a tissue. So that's where the that. tone's at, mate. I thought I got it off camera, but I don't think I did. But um, anyway, one thing that I noticed is like as we were sound checking, um, I was, you know, off stage. He had jacked the amp up quite high. On, um, he actually used a different um, cabinet just to uh, get a little bit of height. But that like top end, like really like ice pick sound, like through like bad you know it was um it was very very noticeable like right in front of the stage it actually helped where he was standing because he kind of blocked some of the like extreme ice yeah, yeah. ice pick frequency but i want i'm not sure with um overall with the v30s if that's like a characteristic of that speaker or all speakers where maybe if you tested them at a like right in the center of the cone at a distance of like a meter or two, if they would give any different results, um, that would be not something he should, John should do because I mean, that's another incredible um, <laughs> like mammoth thing. And I, yeah, it's, it doesn't really speak to the tone so much, but it more speaks to like, maybe that's a reason why people like or dislike those speakers. If it is like, so just drilling into your ears like that. And it's just the beaminess of guitar cabs was something that used to really, really get to me sometimes, you know, especially just playing in a room with a cab. Well, you got to like get in the perfect spot. Yeah. Then if you take a step one way or the other, it can sound way worse or way spiky or dark. Um, I think I used to just gig with my cab turned around towards the back of the room oh, yeah. and on the side because I'm a weirdo. I saw Steve Morse use his cabs on his side and I was like, oh, well, Steve Morse is good at guitar. I like him. I'll do that. So that was. I think that was like an excuse so that I could turn up more as well. But yeah, yeah. that was a, a bit of a thing. I just got sick of, you know, I got sick of hearing the cab on stage. So mm. you know, no, no wonder why you model alive now. Well, yeah, I think it does help to take a little bit of, of that edge off, man. Like it's, um, it's, it's, it's hard. Like I, I, I struggle with it. This is that three K thing that I always talk about. Yeah, um, man. Like when if the amps goes, if the guitar sound goes clang, 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 instead of giving me, you know, a, a cl- well, a chunk or a pure tone or chord. I just find it really distracting, and it makes me, it throws me off a lot. So I don't know if that's a tinnitus thing as well, tinnitus thing. Maybe, maybe I'm just too sensitive in that range. But, um, but anyway, that was that was interesting. Did you um ever try that Butch Walker thing, like taping over the front of the speaker? I did. Have- uh, kind of cool. I don't know if I'd use it to mic a cab, but it definitely like just takes a little bit of the spike out especially especially on that deluxe reverb um, yeah so that was um just for everybody else because uh you know butch walker by the way is my absolute number one hero of all time as a songwriter and as a producer and all this sort of stuff but um and great guitar player but yeah he just literally puts some gaffer tape on the front of his um guitar cabs like right on the center of the speaker 
and um, that's to stop this like ice beam sort of ice pick sort of um, sound. And I tried it on Leon's Deluxe Reverb when I had it at the studio and it sort of helped. Like it didn't, it wasn't a night and day difference. Like I kind of figured it would be a really noticeable big sort of thing, but it was like, yeah, it sort of just tamed it a tiny bit. Sometimes that can be, that's all you need. You know, like rattle on a snare drum or, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, you can do it with gaffer tape. It's cheap. Uh, There was a thing, there was a thing like years and years ago. I remember people talking about, um, it might've been in like modding their, let's say hot rod deluxe or something like that. But there was like a product that you could mount like in on the inside of the grill cloth. And yeah, then that right. kind of did the same thing where it just like, like either blocked the, that, that frequency rate or that, um, that sound coming from the speaker. Um, like a Scholl's insert for your amp. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? But, uh, right. anyway, it's time for a, it's time for a non-awkward segue, isn't it? Go on, mate. I thought today it might be cool to talk about guitars from major manufacturers that are not their flagship instruments. I'm totally stealing this from a topic that I saw on the gear forum. It was a pretty interesting chat. So the idea being, you know, if I say Gibson, what do you think of? Les Paul. Uh, if I say Fender, what do you think of? Well, Strat for me personally, but yeah. Strat, Telly, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Ibanez. <laughs> Actually, Gem probably. Yeah, yeah, Gem, RG, RG, but yeah, Jackson. Ooh, so, probably soloist, but yep. mm, maybe Kelly actually, but maybe yeah, I, that could go either way. And uh, PRS, Custom Twenty Four, Custom Twenty Four, yeah, I think so, it has to be Custom Twenty Four. I guess the vibe is, and I, I, I just thought this was interesting because it kind of got me thinking about major manufacturers and what we consider as the standards for electric guitars. So. Maybe if we pick four or five guitar companies and we just kind of go through and think about, you know, what's your favorite instrument, say, from Gibson that's not a Les Paul and Fender that's not a Strat and talk about, you know, why they're cool and why they're interesting. And <laughs> yep. a lot of the time, you know, you can kind of get some good value for money, especially if you're buying these guitars or get a lot of kind of use out of them. So, mate, sure. we'll start with the big G. We'll obviously exclude the Les Paul from the conversation. But to you, what is the best Gibson that's not a Les Paul? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious it's a 335. I would be very, very hard-pressed to argue with you there. But do you know what? I'd almost say it's so much like in that conversation that it's not worth talking about. Because to me, Gibson, like the same way with Fender, you can't say Fender has just the Strat. It's the Strat and the Tele. Like they're so like two sides of the same coin sort of thing or whatever, what the same side of the diff- the same coin. I'm sick, everybody. So he's just excuse me. He's, he's, he's fighting the war against his own body. That's right. So, but the, the three, three, five of which I think I'll go pick mine up today, which I'm really, really? excited about. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, the, the tones that you can get out of it, the um, versatility of that, that instrument, it's, it's probably, well, I wouldn't say it's maybe, no, it's probably more versatile than a Les Paul, to be fair, a three three five. So I reckon we we maybe don't talk about that. I think there's a few other few other guitars to consider in that. Um, I think the people's choice for this one would be the SG, right? I think so, yeah. But that's the one you see the most, the most like common, not a Les Paul Gibson, or for a lot of people, it's like their first Gibson. You know, they yep. SGs are considerably cheaper than Les Paul's a lot of the time. Why is that? I don't, is that just because there's no like maple top on it? And I guess it's not a fancy, is it? I suppose that that would be why. Uh, 
I wonder, because I, I would say it's actually probably pretty arbitrary. <laughs> um, but well, like I'm no, but they, there's all that. There's you all know that. that. Yeah, you're not an SG guy, did you say? Uh, like I appreciate them with the right player, but they look weird on me. Yeah, I don't like them. Um, I I'd like to own one just because you know, like to not to derail too much, but um, when you talk about these guitars and these manufacturers and their flagship ones, I think it's sort of, as we've discussed, you sort of need to have that core collection of, um, of guitars. And it's like not one guitar will give you all of those sounds and that all yeah. of that variety. So yeah, it would be nice to add an SG into that family. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like I've, I find um, maybe because of how the, the neck joins the body, it's just, everything just feels a bit weird to me when I play it and it feels like it juts out that way a lot. Um, yeah. Do you like Firebirds? Man, I love the way they look, but I've, uh, it's the same thing with the SG, like in the, the way that that joins, it feels like it's very long and that, yeah, that always strikes me. Firebirds literally to me, they feel like they sit out here. Yeah. Um, they look awesome um, and they play great. I really like the way they sound. Um, they're probably the coolest looking Gibson. Yeah. Um, but I think, for me, if if the three thirty five is discounted, it has to be the Explorer. The I was Explorer. gonna say Explorer, like absolutely. It's the sickest design. You it's know? the best uh, looking guitar. It's like you can't use it in so many scenarios because it's so like uh, I don't know what the word is. It just has that look about it. It's the lightning bolt, like it's not appropriate to play like a jazz guitar. Yeah, know? aggressive. There you go. It's an aggressive looking guitar, an aggressive sounding guitar. I love the name. I've always loved the name Explorer yep. for a guitar. I don't know. I must have heard that a lot as a kid where it was just like, you know, that sounds cool. I want I want that. And um, I mean, I don't have a Gibson Explorer, but I've got that Hamer like 58 replica, which is amazing. Such a fun guitar to play. Um, and I think for, you know, people like you and me, if you're, you know, over six foot and explorer is scaled appropriately you, you know yeah. it doesn't look like a ukulele when you play it it's got this big body and well i told you man that's why i wanted a 335 like to me a 335 it actually looks appropriate because i'm tall and yep. you know not thin so when i play like i've got my um ibanez uh les paul copy from the 70s like it was one of the first guitars like nice guitars i ever owned it's not that nice but it's still really fun but it feels so it's like quite thin. It's thinner than a normal Les Paul and it's probably a little bit narrower and it feels tiny on me. Yeah. It does feel like a ukulele. Yep. Whereas the, like last year, the first time I played a three, three, five standing up um, at a gig, I was like, fuck man, this feels right. Like it's, I've been missing this my entire life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. I've, I've done, I think one duo gig with um, that old three, three, five. That was my dad's the yep. like weird plum color thing that we've recorded with a lot. <laughs> And I love that guitar. Really, really good. Yeah, man, it's it's an awesome guitar. Uh, I played a 59 335. Or was it mm. a 345? Uh, it was at 10 amps, and that was amazing. Yeah. Like, that that and the 59 Junior they had. But particularly the 335 was just, like, amazing. But, yeah, I would go with the Explorer. I know some people go with the Flying V. The Flying V is cool. Um, but, yeah, there's something about the... The Explorer has an energy. When you yep. look at someone walk on the stage with an Explorer, you know, you know you're going to hear some riffs. Yeah. You know, just to talk about the SG and the Explorer and like the tones for a second. Like, okay, an SG, when I've played them and when I think about what they sound like and what they do, 
correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be, but it's like they don't have the same sort of crack and attack on them. Like they're kind of a smoother tone almost. It's like when I play a Les Paul or an Explorer or something, it's almost like I can get a bit more shunk, shunk, shunk on it. That's that's what I think of. With yeah. Cars. I think of the like, you know, it goes ka-chung rather than like clang. <laughs> yeah. Well, is that why, I mean, am I just kind of thinking of it because of like Black Sabbath reasons? Maybe like if you want to run something fuzzier and like Maybe. that the SG just, sort of feels a bit more. I just think SG Angus Young. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I mean, like. Um, but then again, like a big part of the ACDC sound is the fact that Malcolm was playing a Gretsch a lot of the time, which yeah. are very, very, very twangy sounding guitars. So it's that kind of blend. Um, yep. Yeah, I feel like with SGs, maybe I've just never played a really, really good one, but I've played a, quite a lot of them and they're always pretty decent. Your one's cool, man. Like your three pickup one's cool. Yeah, that thing's like in pieces at the moment. So need to need to get it back up to scratch. Again, it's cool, but it's like, you know, it's 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 a got a very diff, definitive kind of vibe when you play it. Where I want to play, I want to play ACDC and Sabbath, kind of as you said. Mm. Um, with Fender, <laughs> I was just kind of thinking about this. Like, I have a Warmoth Telly, and then one, two, three, four, five, like six strats here. So uh, I feel pretty non-qualified to talk about this. Um, but what, like. The Jazzmaster, I think, again, is the people's choice here. You know, they have become such a cool guitar over the last, say, couple of decades where, like, that's become a style of guitar a lot of boutique manufacturers kind of vibe off, if you want to speak about that. And, you know, there's it, it's, it's the alternative guitar, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, it's... I, I never really liked them that much because the sort of music I like is a bit more pointy and... um you know, they're not a pointy man's guitar. Um, I've come around on it a little bit recently. I think they're a lot more tonally variable than um, like your standard strats and tellies. I mean, definitely the jazz master with all the switches and stuff on it. You can sort of do anything with it, which is cool. Um, again, it's not really my sort of cup of tea, like a lot of music that gets made with it. But there's a, I, I kind of always associated them with having a, a way thinner sound than they actually do. Until like the last couple of years when, yeah, they, they, they're just very variable. Like you can, you really can do anything with them. So it's, but as you say, it's kind of become the people's choice. It, it's the, like the guitar, like my tape students, they would be more interested in, in owning a jazz master than a Strat or a Tele, to be honest. I think to me, if you see someone playing a jazz master, it, it's a guitar that, signals quite a lot about what you like aesthetically if you choose to play one of those yeah you know it's like it, you you're sending a signal you play a strat i don't know what what i'm gonna get i see someone rock up with a strat are they gonna is it gonna be you know hey look at me i want to be hendrix or john mayer or srv or is it i'm just gonna sound like a guitar i think when someone plays a telly you know maybe there's a little bit more of that like okay what are you wearing cowboy boots? I know, I know what you're going to do, but again, they're just, you know, they're like foundational instruments to electric rock guitar music. But yeah, I think the jazz masters, you know, it's become, uh, it's become a cool guitar. You gotta be, you gotta be hip to play one of those too but, cool for me. Let me ask you something. Do you like the way they look? Uh, I've come around to it. I've come around to it in a big way. I think what's the band rival Suns, Scott holiday. 
Mm-hmm. I think he plays Firebirds, but I feel like he's also got some Jazz Masters and he looks rad playing him. I actually, again, because we're a podcast that strives for, for accuracy. Is it Scott Holiday, Guitarist, I'm going to look up Jazz Master. Uh, you know what I'm not super into, which I would have been into 15 years ago, uh, like, the ja- like the metal Jazz Masters where it's got a Les Paul style bridge and like humbuckers. Uh, yeah, Scott Holiday. Jazz Master. Yep, mm. cool. Uh, I think it's uh, really great band if no one's checked them out, by the way. And he's like, I love the fuzz tones he has. Um, yep. he, I did a gig with somebody a couple of last month, the month before, and one of the other bands playing, like, one of the guitar players, like, had that sound. And I was like, dude, you sound like Scott Holiday from Rival Sons. And he was like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, that's what I go for. I was like, by the way, what are you, what are you using? He was like, man tone bender that's where it's at that's that like you know really gnarly sounding fuzz thing so i gotta try some tone benders out because i like that sound uh the other one which comes to mind this is a real dark horse troy mm-hmm. but i think my favorite bender design that's not a strat or a telly we're going to exclude the p bass and the jazz bass but it's the bass six. Oh yeah yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I have a Harley Benton Basics knockoff that I really, really like. But uh, there's, I think Squire did like a... Yeah, they did one. They did one. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago when I was in Melbourne, I went to um, Lockie from PolyFX, had one. And it was amazing. Like Ryan was playing it and just loving it. Uh, so, yeah, because you can kind of use those as a baritone guitar or you can use it as a six-string bass, but it's also kind of neither mm-hmm. it's uh yeah and it's a cool design it's 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 got a bit of that offset thing without being like explicitly jazz master or jag or all those other designs <laughs> that um the other ones i mean they had a bunch of designs in like the like the 90s as well like the prodigy like the kind of the more like metal looking ones okay so means like trying to be Ibanez basically right but yeah, I think the basics. Uh, there's a band called Loathe, which I'm sure some people who enjoy the channel and enjoy the podcast will be familiar with because people from the comment section got me onto them. But yeah, they kind of play, you know, bass sixes or baritones, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's sort of like that, you know, uh, that weird intersection you get between like people who sort of like metal but also sort of like shoegaze. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, you know, it's that, like, in-between, there's aesthetics from both and it doesn't really sound like either. To me, I, it's a very British sound. Mm-hmm. That's, it's like, it's it's like alternative metal. You like right? Porcupine Tree. Not, yes, but no, not like, not in a kind of, like, we take ourselves really seriously. Like, they're cool and right. kids like them sort of thing. So, it's a, it's a bit of a different thing. You know, if it came out 20 years ago, it would have been the uncoolest thing ever. Only nerds would like it. Sort of like, you know, Sleep Token. There's a few of them. But, you know, they have this, like, there's atmospheric stuff and there's, like, genty elements of it. Uh, but, you know, people are digging it and it's it's pretty interesting. So, mm. yeah, anyway, the low thing, yeah, because I, I hadn't heard of them and checked it out and it's, yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Like, okay. cool textual stuff. Mate, do yourself a favour. So, anyway, that's, that's, that's Fender. We should move on to, let's do PRS because I'm very pro-PRS on here. Well, how's the I DGT? Think- you still loving it? Still loving it, mate. It's great. Absolutely. I look forward to playing it every day. I've got to bring it around so you can 
also enjoy it. Has it knocked off the um, single cut or are they one and two at the moment? Uh, I probably play it at home more than the single cut, but I was kind of doing that with other guitars anyway. Because, like, you know, the single cut just has the sound for the ragdoll. Yep. And that's basically all it's set up to do. And I really couldn't care if it does anything else. It does some other cool stuff, but I just kind of keep it in drop C for for that thing. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 way more of like a kind of vintage style beast. And I think a lot of people know that they're like, you know, most people think of PRS and think of the custom 24, but the DGT is probably the one most people should try first. I wish I'd known more about that guitar. Like I, I didn't know it was a thing at all until I played the one you borrowed, like whatever, yeah. two years ago. And I fell in love with it, man. I was like, man, this is, this is the guitar for me. If I was to own a PRS. Yeah. I've had um, very mixed experiences with custom 24s. You know, I think they're like the 90s ones I'm not as into. Mm-hmm. PR, like the PRS stuff, I don't know, has become more universally appealing over, say, the last 10, 15 years. They've, mm-hmm. I think, kind of narrowed in more on what guitar players are wanting. But, Troy, my, my vote for the underrated alternative PRS is the Mirror. I kind of figured you were going to say that. Yeah, because it's sort of... It's got the, you know, as much as I said, I'm not into the SG thing. It's a bit of the, a lot of people compare it to the SG, like sort of the smaller body, but it's an, like the one I've got, the pickup side by side with my single cut, like it's kind of 95% there. I think it's apparently the pickups are literally the 245 pickups and the mirror pickups are the same. Just one has covers and the other doesn't. Right. Uh, But yeah, it's, I mean, you know, you remember when I bought that guitar, you were there at Norms Mm -hmm. and played a bunch of gigs on it and the only thing you know it fell off a chair and the neck popped out and had to be reset so it's kind of lost a little bit of the magic but when i play it i'm still like this is a great meat and potatoes it's a really good gigging guitar Mm. really light you know got a coil tap you can get some cool sounds out of it yeah no that's a cool guitar i like that one uh it's actually not my choice for the paris the unsung paris I, i think i know what's coming i don't know if you do all right, well, hit me. C E twenty four. Oh, or twenty two. I, I thought you were going to say the hollow body. No, I uh, I know why you would think that for incubus reasons, but um, exactly. No, I think the C E range is very underrated. Um, I yeah, think, I've actually not spent much time playing many C E's. The um, custom twenty fours that I've played have been cool, but they're almost like a little bit too nice. It's one. It's a really silly criticism uh, to have of poor Reed Smith guitars. Um, but when a guitar is like so beautiful that you don't actually want to take it out of the case, I think that can be yeah. a little bit of a problem. Um, and I think also guitars that are made to just sit on a wall is also pointless. Uh, not to say that's what all of those guitars are because they're but very- a lot of them do end up in that situation. Yeah, which is a shame. Like, I mean, I can, I can appreciate a guitar being a piece of art, but I think a guitar's primary function should be to make music. Um, yes. and the, that's where the art should come from, not just by it hanging on the wall, you know, being- uh, being in that part of it. So, um, the CEs that I played have felt a little bit more comfortable to me. Firstly, okay. They're not like, they don't look like shit compared to a custom 24, but usually they're a tiny bit less gaudy, I suppose, or a little less fancy. The new ones have like some satin on them as well, which is kind of, they're a lot. Yeah. They're a lot more player guitar to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they feel really comfortable in my hands. They're also, I think they're, they're bolt necks, right? That's what, um, bolt on a lot of the time, maple necks. Yeah. And that, you know, lends itself a bit more to a Strat sort of thing, which is sort of where I, what I like. I like Strat style guitars and Tele style guitars. 
Um, it's probably like having a bit more snap and attack when I play is the thing that I look for. And I yeah, think I right. get that from those guitars. So there's been a maybe four or five of them that I've played, like various ones that I've played that I've really, really liked. Um, whereas I'd say the the sample, like the equivalent sample of customs that I've played, I've liked less. So there's some great instruments that they do, you know, and like excluding signature models, like in DGT is probably in that sort of... Yeah, it. you know, I think everyone knows that the DGTs are great because <coughs> everyone raves about them. I, um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, I know Drew from Carnival has a CE, but I can't remember if it's a 22 or a 24. And it's like, you've like, have you seen my blue PRS recently? Oh, not for a little bit, little while, but it's pretty beaten up now. Like, oh, actually, I'll pull it up. It's, it's it's been the chuck it in the case of the fly gigs guitar for a while. It's got a broken string at the moment, but mm -hmm. I don't know if people can make out all the kind of dings on the top and all the yep. scratches. Probably not on the camera, but. It's got some knocks, like, big ding, ding. Like, all of this is kind of, like, marked. Um, mm -hmm. It's beaten up. The bridge is really corroded. I thought that was, you know, a, a record for, you know, having a PRS that's all busted up. But Drew's PRS is, like, wrecked. Like, I think it's just been played and played and played. Uh, let's see. I can't remember if it's a 20. I'm, I'm trying to look at a video at the moment so that I can... I can get it. Uh, it's definitely a CE. I think it's a CE24. Yeah, it's just this like, you know, probably an early 90s one. And I think it's just been the guitar mm -hmm. for a long time. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of people's favorite metal songs have, have probably come out of that guitar. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, I said. Now I want a CE24, Troy. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, mate, there's always time. You got the rest there's of your life. Time. Got the rest of your life to live. Um, do you know what's funny is I've been really um, on my list has been uh, PRS like recently because I I've got the um, SE and that's cool but I, I I want a USA one I think I just want to be yeah. that guy that rocks around with one. Um, just Join the club, mate. well yeah and because of the versatility of a PRS not just in a like of a USA one but I mean like when you get a decent guitar that can cover you for really good clean tones, really good dirty tones, all sort of stuff. I, I was like, oh yeah, that's, I should definitely chuck that on there. But that sort of changed because I've been really, I, I did all weekend with my Chavel again. And that right. feels so good to me. It's, um, and my uh, Isbel Telecaster feels so good to me. I, I don't really feel like, you know, the PRS is going to add too much to my life. It's like, you know, when we, I think we spoke the other day about like when you buy gear and you think it's like, this is the last thing I need. Like, yeah. it's just like, once I get this, I'm going to be done. I, th I feel like I, I've had a PRS in my head, like the concept of a PRS as being the last guitar, the last gigging guitar. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think for yeah. rock gigs, um, I use the Chavelle and for the acoustic or the duo gigs, I use the Isabel Telecaster and then I'm done. There you go. There's all and then you get a PRS anyway. Yeah, probably when I want to get some bucks, man. Like, oh, I'll get my 335 back and I'll be pretty stoked to, to have that. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be Awesome. Like, yeah. I look forward to hearing <laughs> you on that guitar. The uh, Should we maybe pivot to another major manu manufacturer we're fans of, Ibanez? Yeah. Go on. Before we started, uh, I mean, I think we both think of the one guitar that is associated with the one guitarist who's most associated with Ibanez, right, when it comes to Ibanez guitars now, anyway, you know, post- 
post passion and warfare it's the gym right or the yep. rg design mm -hmm. uh still my favorite ibanez design you know it's just like they're one of the best looking super strats if yep. not the best they just they, they they have this like they're a definitive pointy guitar aren't they yeah they are uh, i think well okay i i really like my chavel i've said that so many times already and now that i play my rgs i don't find them as comfortable but right um when all i want to do is play as fast as possible i think the rgs do that better than any guitar they're so wide so flat um they're they're like thin they're really just easy to rip but they don't really work for chords in in the same sort of like it's not a guitar that you can just like grab like a baseball bat and just go chugga 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 yeah yeah and that's kind of the downfall for me right whereas i, I like performance instrument yeah exactly so but uh with, with saying that they i'm looking at my 550 right now it, it's just such a wicked looking design like the it's really thin around the like the body is quite thin the horns are quite thin uh so it's it's sharp it's defined it's like just such a cool looking instrument so it looks like it looks like something from a cartoon like it's you know it's like a or like a superhero guitar or something like that like it's very yeah i, I, know, I agree with that our childhood you I know think, like x-men comics or something but yeah, particularly with the um, hum single hum, I yep. think it uh, it sort of does that a lot. So, yeah, look, I love those guitars. But what's your what's your favorite non uh, RG guitar? Well, you know, I know if Cam was on this podcast, he would choose the Iceman. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the Destroyer is the coolest Ibanez. Um, the only thing cooler than a Destroyer is the Paul Gilbert Ice Destroyer. That is still a guitar I would love to just you know, build a copy of one day or have built or something. Again, it kind of ties into that Explorer thing. You could argue that maybe it's a bit too close to an Explorer, which yep. is my choice for an unsung Gibson, in which case I'll put forward another candidate later. But yeah, a uh, friend of the podcast, Mark DeVadamo, has that old Destroyer. Mm -hmm. And that is just one of the coolest guitars ever. Like, I love that that is, that's his guitar. Yep. You know, that thing is like, he's just played the crap out of it. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I just like the little details that they put in it to kind of change it up. And they just, they're cool. You yeah, know? no, I agree. Like, I, I think they, they they look so cool. The little, um, the lower part of the body where it kind of does a little dip instead yeah. of the flat on the um, thing. And that plus the headstock, um, like your standard yeah. RG style headstock or whatever. I think it just looks so, like, so slick. Um, I, um, I've had a couple of opportunities to buy one like I'm, I'm really disappointed like recently um in the last 12 months maybe or maybe two years i remember there was one where you're like oh i should have done this yeah there's there's a few like um they've come up on facebook or whatever for like let's just say 800 dollars, and i had the money to do it but i was like three minutes too late to the post because yeah, yeah. it's just um I mostly buy guitars now that I'm going to use for gigs, but there's a few things because I've um, I've got about five or six Ibanez guitars that I, I my first Ibanez I bought 20 years ago when I was in high school, and so partly there there's a part of me that's like, all right, you sort of collect Ibanez guitars, right? You collect cool ones, and um, and I'd love to have the Explore uh, Destroyer, sorry, in that collection, uh, specifically an 80s one, you know? Yep. And as I said, they've come up, and I've just sort of you know, missed, missed the boat on it a little bit, but hey, that's okay. Uh, one day. I think the, if you're going to put forward another one, and this is one that I, I like, I haven't played one 
for years and years. But I remember them being advertised heavily during the peak metalcore era, like, mm-hmm. you know, mid-2000s. But remember the AZ or AZ series? Is that what I'm thinking of? Or I think of the S, not the super thin ones. They were like the chunky, maybe the SZ. I can't oh, the SZ, SZ. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, like they were kind of like fixed bridge. Yeah, like, the, like the strat looking ones, right? Yeah, kind of stratty. Yeah. And like, but thick bodies. Yeah, they like, had the SZ, the SA. There was a few. Um, yeah, the, the AX was the like more like SG-ish looking or double cut. They were sort thing. of like PRS-ish. But I just kind of like the, I don't love the body shape, but I like the specs. Yep. Where it's just like twin humbuckers, you know, it's it's just basically, string, yeah. String through, hey? String through, yep. Uh, it's so funny, man. That's like- Oh, there it is. That's the ad. I don't know if people can see this. Is it but, blue? Oh, I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one with the, it's kind of like a blue, faded blue jean thing. I just remember that ad and being like, that's cool. Uh, and yeah, people, apparently they're, people really rate them. Yeah. Uh, they've got some, they've got some pretty cool guitars, man. Like I, I like the newer, the AZ, is that what everyone's like? The Yeah. The like more Surrey looking things. Looking ones. Yeah. That, I reckon they look sweet. Yeah. Uh, I've played a few, which were pretty nice. Um, and I see they do a seven string like that as well. So yeah, that's kind of, yeah, they're responsible looking guitars yeah i think it's a shame with ibanez like this they're a bit too in the uh vein of your 80s metal type of thing uh or not sorry not 80s metal like your metal type of thing in general i shouldn't just say 80s metal but it's um you, you just don't see your blues guys gravitating towards a an ibanez guitar or i don't know your indie rock guys which is okay you know so i guess it's all right to just live in a genre of music i mean the art core ibanez you know they do some great guitars as well yeah they do well, i've got um, one of those too it's a cool guitar yeah you know but i think i think yeah outside of like the destroyer iceman and rg i know there's a sabers and the s series i'm not super into those they're really they're cool they're really thin really really thin yeah uh, i'd like a bit more weight on a guitar yeah but. which i think why those SZs are kind of they were a cool more modern thing uh, so you mentioned Charvel, so we should say like Charvel Jackson, you know, I guess Charvel, like, you know, they're the super strat. There's nothing too crazy. It's more the like, what is the Jackson would be a hard one to pin down. Yeah. I mean, the, it kind of is a soloist though, right? That's the, that's the template upon which all others are based. If it's not, it must be the Kelly. Like the Kelly's my favorite Jackson, like by, a country mile i reckon they look amazing me too I, okay so i remember in 2004 when steve vi came uh to do a gig of which i wasn't able to go to because it was an 18 plus gig <laughs> so worst moment of my life but he um he did a signing at cosmic uh sound so like the cosmic sound is that when Co- they like cosmic opened music. up the new I, it was like the grand unveiling of the new cosmic store yeah it was is it cosmic was, sound or cosmic music though it's bothering me it like was cosmic sound and lighting sound and lighting okay yeah i'm not crazy anyway so cosmic did that opening or whatever but steve i was there to do a signing and i was like fuck yeah this is gonna be awesome i'm gonna i can go to this and the whole band was there and uh you know tony McAlpine was there so that was like in as years went on i was more excited about that and billy sheen and stuff anyway um I got there super early, like four or five hours before the meet because I wanted to get in line. 
And um, I just was jamming with a couple of random people, like, in the little- where they had all the guitars. That's and cute. I was playing a Kelly, like, the whole time, being like, man, this is awesome. Like, this guitar is fucking awesome. Um, so, that same year, I actually found a, a dinky that I loved. Like, yeah. like loved, loved, loved. But- and it, the, the color on it was just, like, stupid. Um, I think- Oh, I feel like I know someone that had the same guitar. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, just like a explosion of purple and blue and yellows and stuff. But yeah, just that sort of, that style of Superstrat I think was really cool. Because it's a different neck to your Ibanez. You know, like it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. tiny bit thicker, a little bit narrower, but it's quite comfortable. A little more play. traditional, but it's pretty comfy. Did you see the, did I send you that Brandon Ellis like guitar collection thing? Oh, I don't remember. I, if I haven't, I need to, because it's, it's actually the greatest collection of 80s style guitars doesn't Ever? he play for the Gold Coast Suns? <laughs> I don't even think of that. Yeah, ex-Richmond to Suns. Uh, no, the guitar player from the Black Dahlia Murder. Um, right. Like, so many crackle finish guitars. But right. then he's got, like, all his signature models and custom shop stuff with the crackle stuff, and it's awesome. But then he sort of goes through, and this is my other wall of, like, cool guitars, and, man, it's just, it's... So, first thing, he's got a blue Saraceno Yamaha. Yeah, right, okay. He's got a few Hamers and just he's got a Gibson Modern, like the Superstrat thing that they, they oh, did. Oh, right. Like, yeah, yeah. I was watching and I was like, I'm actually out of my league here. Like, this guy actually has done the proper deep dive on all these, like, 80 shredder guitars and collected them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if he had a Thai table Yamaha, but if he did, that <coughs> would just be the, the absolute- You know what? Ice- I've seen those come up. Like, they're not that crazy rare. Um, I just haven't really felt like buying one. It's like- I don't know. Like when I think of Ty Tabor and his best guitar sounds, like it's certainly wasn't. A, yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't made with a. I had an opportunity to buy an Elite too, or when I say opportunity, I found a one. Yeah, and I wasn't that impressed, to be honest. Nah, I, I think like a lot of Ty stuff, like it's cool when Ty does it, but it's not going to work for anyone else. <laughs> I'd love a Lab Series. Um, do you remember? I was so bummed about this, but um, it was like right before we went to America in 2012, um, like that the week before someone listed a lab series amp on Gumtree and, um, and they wanted like a thousand bucks for it or something. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have to buy this thing. holiday. I do it. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. And I just kind of had to let it go. And, and it was on so Gumtree. It's there's one somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's, um, it's not in my possession at least. So, but yeah, cause it was on Gumtree the you know, whatever it was like, it just, it, disappeared the ad disappeared but there's like no trace of messages as well yeah yeah which is a real shame because sometimes hey. you know you can like f- go back and find this stuff somehow but yeah that one is just gone oh man uh what about so i mean and this is like a very bias towards the stuff that we like there's obviously a lot of other manufacturers out there doing awesome stuff but i think they're kind of like the big fish for us when you know they're like you could say you know go through hamer like what's the what's the hamer it's the standard um you know again an explorer shaped guitar um but all of the you know a lot of people would say like the californian or you know i've got a standard i've got a californian if you're gonna have hamers they're the ones to have yep. the artist is cool uh sort of like mini 335 thing but they're definitely my two favorite hamers uh i guess you could say like do you still own that weird gretch that you had for a while no, I got rid of the Gretsch. Uh, friend of the show, Chris, has that now. 
Ah, um, there you go. But so, I mean, they're it wasn't like- a weird Gretsch. It was just it was the uh, oh, is the oh, fuck. What's it called? It's a Electra no or Jet no. Duo Sonic no. Duo Jet. Duo Jet is that maybe yeah. that's what it kind of maybe. looks like a single cut. Um, thing. Yeah, it's because uh, obviously like the Gretsch is the White Falcon. Yeah, uh, my dad made a White Falcon. That's right. Yeah, which is amazing. It's a guitar he always wanted, and he just built one, uh, as he tends to do with those things. But yeah, I think the um, yeah, like they're this. Sm- I kind of like the the look of their smaller guitars. They're one of the few like single cut style shapes that doesn't look because everything gets compared to a les paul when you're that size yeah it doesn't look just sort of off well, and the- they definitely have a sound you know like man like malcolm young yeah the end um billy duffy from the cult as well um you know there's some like classic classic rock tones happening there yeah well that guitar like i i just wasn't using it and i, I didn't have the willpower to, to set it up and you know yeah. rewire it and all of, all of the required sorry i feel like i'm on the edge of a sneeze um all of the required work to bring it up to um to usability which is why i got rid of it but uh it was really cool um i was lucky enough to have a uh Duesenberg here for a long time which maybe we'll get back yeah. at one point and that's kind of a similar sort of guitar it's a hollow body versus solid body but um i think that's like if you don't want to buy a gretch then you just buy the Ducey. and i'd, I'd probably I take the Ducey. me it's like the prs of gretch style things like it's just they've made everything a little smoother and cleaner and nicer and yeah absolutely but they're really cool guitars man like they're not well they're not cheap but they're not crazy expensive um yeah i I quite liked the one that was here for a bit i used that in a lot of sessions too um speaking of plasticky and just to go back a little bit you know what guitar i really fucking can't stand is those um silver skies like the paris oh really have you played them i played one and it felt like a strat like that's all i remember to me it felt like a plastic strat like, Classic Strat, Silver Sky, there you go. I, I really didn't, like, and I played two of them. I, I thought they felt like worse Strats. Um, I think I might be in the minority with that, but I don't I mean, know. Like, people, who, people who froth them, but also, can you trust anyone who, like, bases their life around loving John Mayer? No. Like, fuck John not. Mayer. Like, fuck John <laughs> Mayer and his boring ass music. Like, great guitar player, but who cares? Like, your songs are terrible. That's not true. Like... Some there's some great John Mayer stuff and great John Mayer playing, but like man, I still I I'm, like, I'm never I forget. Feel like the, I feel like the stuff that I like from him are people go, why do you like that? And then the people people show me stuff and be like, man, isn't this great? I'm like, yeah, but also go and listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan or go and listen to '80s Clapton, like yeah, because they done it better, bro. Um, and again, like he's like objectively fantastic and amazing and really, really good at guitar. The blues trio stuff that he did with Pino Palladino uh, is really, really good. Like, you know, not many people can play like that, man, but there's, I, I feel like the worship is way, way overdone. And yeah. I don't care if people hate me for that, but uh, yeah. Oh, you can hate me as much as you like. I don't give a fuck vanilla. about John Mayer. Yeah, it's vanilla. It's like the most vanilla of vanilla music, you know? And vanilla's um, great. I like vanilla ice cream sometimes, but I'll probably always pick like, you know, peanut butter brownie with chocolate or something like that because I'm going to indulge with those kind of things. So John Mayer uh, is the Ed Sheeran of electric blues. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if that's more of a more of a, a knock on Ed or on John. Well, Why not both? 
Yeah, I yeah, I just can't stand it. And I said I I didn't like those guitars. I I I don't understand the worship from from them. I think like what from a design thing wasn't it supposed to be like a more perfected strat too? I think like an L series strat. The one that I played, I remember the neck had a real f- sort of feel to it. I was like, oh yeah, that's got that weird old strat. I think the radius is really low as well on them, which mm-hmm. is probably the opposite of what we like. You know feel like the kind of flatter Gibson-y style thing or even the like more modern style guitar. It's n- definitely not that. Yeah, I just just don't like them. Paul, you're, you're done fucked up. It's not for you. No. Did you. Do you remember <laughs> that Mark Tremonti custom PRS he had that looked like a... It's one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. It's sort of like an Explorer, but... No. Man, like as much as I love Paul Reed Smith, they have put out a few really, really ugly custom <laughs> prototypes. Like there's that thing circulating around the, like an Eric Johnson prototype. And oh. it looks like they've taken a left-handed strap body, but made it's just like okay. the lower horn is bigger. Uh, it's I don't know if it's real, but it is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And like, it's even one of those things, no matter like how ironic you want it to be, I don't think anyone would be like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll play that Eric Johnson prototype. It's... The only guitar that looks cool like that is the Ibanez 540R, I think it is. Yeah. What did Jackson do as well? Like the Demon or something? Again, it's a reverse. Yeah. Yeah. The five. Yeah. Because the 540 uh, Ibanez has, I think it's the S, the 540S and the 540R or the 540 something else. The S is the one that became the Satriani signature model. Gotcha. And then the other one is the one that- um, What's the guy from Testament? Alex Skolnick? Alex uh, Skolnick? Yeah, he was... Um, I th- I'm not sure if it became a signature model or at least he like was playing them for a while. Um, man, fuck, I've just had some cool shit. Oh, you know what guitar I, sh- I really should have said is the um, the Red Beach signature. What do they call oh, it? Voyager, yeah. Voyager, yeah. That's yes. like... Okay. I'm with you right there. One of my students has one. Alessio, if you're listening to this, that Voyager is... Is it the Koa one or is it the like... It's the Koa one, man. Oh. It's, it's a proper one. I would love to own that guitar. One of the that's that's like the, you know, so much of the um, my formative years of guitar playing was just all all they all played Ibanez, and so now that I'm older, I just want all of them, and that is the very tippity top of the list. And one one last one. Oh, sorry, you keep going, mate. I was going to say the um the other one was the the Red Beach. I think it was called the Warbird. I'm not sure if you ever saw that, but like they um no. they they did like I, I have a feeling uh. Reb talks about it on that website that we always talk about. Yeah, yes. But it's like there was only a hand, like when I say a handful, like two or three of them ever made. And it got like just lost amongst the ages for a little, for a while. And some guy just found it and picked it up and, you know, played it. And then I think it made its way back to Reb. I think that's what happened. I may be conflating that with a different story, but it's a real, like if you look up a picture of it, it's a strange looking guitar. Um, but I think they used it on, you know, one of the music videos or something like that. Gotcha. Um, ah, man, that reminds me of, you know, I was like, like last year, I think I only had the moment where I realized this is totally unrelated that a Dean ML is just a flying V and an explorer in one body. Yeah. And you told me that. And I was like, of course, like, duh, <coughs> how could you not know that? That's a, That's actually, you know, that's a cool design. I, I really hated those guitars growing up. I thought they were the worst looking thing ever. And now I've kind of come around. Like the Star guitars, I wasn't into them, but uh, yeah, kind of dig it now. Uh, I know 
that some people will complain if we don't talk about ESP. Uh, I don't oh, own yeah. any ESPs, but they have some pretty sweet designs. Um, the Horizon, like they have a kind of, you know, but more for like metal guitars. And I'm not super into those like metal guitars, but I've definitely been through a period where I've really liked some of the stuff they've done and really, really not liked some of the stuff. Like well, even the Strats and Tellys, man, like they make great, they're, like they're just really well-made Japanese guitars. Yeah, man. And like the um, the Edwards and um, the E2s that they make are fantastic. I've played, I think it's the Eclipses with like the fat back. I've okay. played a few of those that are awesome. Like they're not a Les Paul. They're, they're much more of like a kind of, you know, they, they sound a little leaner, but okay. they've got a thing. And I think if you wanted a Les Paul that you're actually just going to gig all the time and you're playing in like a punk band or a metal band, it'd be perfect. Um, they're, yeah, really, really impressive. The, some of the Horizons I really like the look of. Um, like the older, all the older ones, like I think Michael Romeo played one for a while, the oh, yeah. M3s. They're the, the stratty looking things, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. They're um, cool. I played the one of the LTD ones a long time ago and actually loved it. Like really, really loved it. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're one of those companies where they're like, oh, yeah, this LTD is like a cheap piece of crap, but this LTD was made in the same factory as the ESP guitars, but they just branded it LTD <laughs> for some weird reason because they were, tra you know, it was like there's a bunch of LTDs out there that are just, they just say LTD, but they're like, you know, almost custom shop spec yep. guitars. Well, Remember like the Forest? The which one? The Forest, that really weird, janky looking. I, I just remember there was like a period where... I think Junalup Music had a bunch of LTD Forest guitars. This is very much a you're gonna you're gonna love it or you're gonna loathe it. Uh, the Viper, yeah. Well, Phil X, big fan of the Viper. Yeah, I mean, I that guitar is kind of my nightmare. Apologies to anyone who loves the Viper. Uh, so that the Forest. Uh, let's see, where is it? Give me some images of the forest. It's It's got some weird angles on it. If it's the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, sorry. LTD guitars. I don't care about this. Tell me. The forest. Because this is a visual medium we have right here. ESP forest. Mate, it will, it will all come back to you. That shape. I'm waiting for it to... This. Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember that one. Kind of looks like the BC Rich thing. What's it called? The is it not the bitch? The um uh, Yeah. Not the Mockingbird. Not the Warlock. That other one. Maybe it is the Warlock. Is it, it's not the Warlock, is it? Warlock is sort of Maybe it's the, the bitch. No, it isn't the bitch. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, it's, it's it doesn't have the lower horns of the Warlock. Yeah. I'm not into that guitar, the one you just showed. It's it's too much for me. And like, I like weird guitars, but that's just like, you know, I don't like weird guitars that look too metally. Like you, you really can only play black metal on them. It's it's an Adams Family guitar. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I enjoy the aesthetic of the Adams Family, that's just what I think of when I see those guitars. So, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm sure there's some people listening and watching who love these things. And in which case- You're wrong. Feel free to give us the finger, but also just understand that you're wrong. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's pretty funny, man. Like I said, I've forgotten about those. We we could have talked about BC Rich as well. There's so many different brands. 
There's um, some VC rich designs again. They're like really, really hit and miss. And I think that's just when you go for something that's not a Les Paul or a Strat. And like you know, so many companies fall in that. Guitar design is so inherently conservative, but yeah, the number of people who are like, I'm going to design a custom guitar with a different shape, and it's the Homer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think I think it's easy to underestimate even to do something weird how difficult that is to pull off. I think you get away with it more in bass. There's a lot more weird bass shapes, um, and yeah. innovation in general. Like you know, multi scale is a lot more accepted in uh, with your ding walls and whatnot. So, like the Music Man bongo is a weird looking thing, but when you see someone play a bongo bass, you're like, man, they're playing a bass. You don't you don't think twice about it. Yep, that was a cool bass actually. The bongo, I like to play. Yeah, I like the bongos. Uh, the I mean, you know. The Stingray is such a great design as well. Like, they're just such a cool bass. Yeah. They sound great. Um, yeah. There's with uh, maybe we talk about, you know, we should probably wrap up in a second, but like Music Man have a few like really cool looking guitars and a few. They actually, you know what? They have some weird stuff that is very not metal, uh, probably a bit polarizing, like the Albert Lee. Scott's got one of those. Hey. He played it on the weekend. Yeah. That was the other guitar that he had. It's a weird looking guitar, but it's also kind of a thing. The one Scott has is Rosewood Neck, I think. And it sounds wow. it sounds huge. Like it's such a cool guitar. But yeah, I remember the first time seeing a picture of that. Actually, no, didn't he play it on that Spinal Tap thing? Or like, you know, the Did second he? Spinal Tap movie? Yeah. And album yeah. comes out. I'm pretty sure he's playing that guitar. I was like, well, what, the, what is this shit? You know, like this is the weirdest thing ever. But no, it's it's cool, man. It's really cool. So uh, do you like the St. Vincent guitar? Which, what does that one look like? Uh, so, let me get a St. Vincent music. Man. I came around a lot on St. Vincent in the last maybe three years. Yeah. I so didn't get it for the longest time. And then when you get it, you're like, oh, you're amazing. Uh, let's take a look. Let's get a decent. So, there's that. And there's the um, the Mariposa, which I think is the uh, guy from the Mars Volta. Okay. Come on, I guess. Isn't this great? That one. Oh, yeah. That's I kind of dig it. Um, That's and I a think di- very thing, different shape. I think the whole thing was it was a g- guitar designed for women because, right. you know, like they have different body shapes to men and guitars are just made for men because I don't know, girls aren't allowed to play guitar. Mm. Uh, the Mariposa is cool as well. Like they do some, they do the slightly off, they do the offset thing, I think, in a kind of cool way as well uh i haven't played one of the mariposas i find the uh petrucci like the majesty guitar i've played one and they're awesome guitars but they just look a little weird yeah i don't like them not into it at all uh, the jp7s and stuff you know i bought a jp7 because it's like the most norm that's the mariposa oh, okay yeah that's once cool. again it's kind of like bit bit pointy bit weird uh kind of kind of interesting aesthetic on there they do the um what's the guy from maroon 5 james valentine it sort of looks like a solid body 335 okay Um, my students had one great guitar (laughs) like they they make great stuff um oh troy we haven't even talked about it this will be the last design that i mentioned (laughs) the wolfgang where are you on that like is it a super strat or is it a what is it is it a is it a is it a telly i've never thought about it um, I like the design. I think they, they're cool guitars, but I haven't thought about it being, it's probably more of a super strat than it is a Les Paul or a Telly. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's still a super strat, but it's almost, it almost looks cause it's so slabby, right? But yeah. they do the top ones and, um, they're, 
they're a thing, aren't they? Every time I play mine, I'm like, man, this is a great guitar. Like, probably the best 500 bucks I ever spent. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, those guitars, the Wolfgangs, they, um, they're, like, four and two on the headstock as well, aren't they? Yeah. Kind of like the music bands. I, I'm not really into that like the sh- the small looking headstocks just in the yeah, same yeah. way that I like I feel a 335 is comfortable for me because I'm big um it's one thing about those guitars like it's a shorter scale just it just feels too too tiny on me yeah but yeah, um, but that's just yeah. personal preference you know like it doesn't change the goodness of the instrument um and yeah yours sounded really cool what pickups are in that I can't remember well, whatever it came with but they're like they sound like there's a wah on at all times with them. Like they're really, really hot and mid-range focused, which is kind of cool. I think we've ticked a lot of boxes today, Troy. We've yeah. offended some people, which every podcast needs to do. Yeah, mate. That's what I'm here to do. Well, um, yeah, I, I meant to say before, thank you so much for watching the, uh, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it, uh, to us on the uh, podcast app. I always read the comments and the comments have been very positive on the YouTube ones. So if you want to leave us some negativity and some hate and some rage, then please feel free to do that. Um, otherwise just keep, uh, showering praise upon us. But remember that, uh, that hate is like, uh, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I love that quote. Hmm. Who was that? Abe Lincoln, Jimmy Carter, history's greatest monster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's leave it there, Uncle Leon. Good on you, mate. I'll see you next time. Thank hey? you, everybody. Take it easy. We'll see you next week. Peace.